This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, real MVPs, Ricky Widmer here along with the Mark Weber. Dub them ease. And we're back in the studio this week, Mark. Back after two weeks of being on the phone because of scheduling conflicts as I fix this microphone because it doesn't want to stay in the spot where I want it. But welcome into the Onside Kick. This is where we talk about everything going on in the NFL and real football's finally back. It's about damn time. Week one is in the books. We had some good games. We had some great games. We had some not so good games as well. I mean, not too many of those compared to the great and good games. The Browns off to their best start since 2014. So congratulations to them. them. They still are winless under uh, Hugh Jackson. But, you know, that tie is better than a loss. I honestly, for for Hugh Jackson's record, to (laughs) me, being 1-15-1 is worse (laughs) Than being one in sixteen, oh, uh, I, I have to, I have to say. And he did say that after the game, right, that and he's treating sorry, it like a 15. loss because they did not win the game. But it's like you know what? You, at least you tied, so you can't go zero and six to start the season. And we're going <laughs> to treat kind it of, like a loss yeah. every other week. <laughs> and we are going to actually talk a little bit about the Browns, but more so with the Steelers. Topics we got lined up for you guys today. We're going to talk about the Steelers, the Le'Veon Bell holdout. If the Steelers should be worried after tying with the Browns this past weekend. We're going to talk about Mark's favorite team, Da Bears. That's right. And uh, Going to the Super Bowl. We're going to ask, uh, how should Bear fans feel after the Week 1 loss to the Packers? Then we're going to look at the sexy topic for the week, Ryan Fitzmagic. Sometimes, like, believe in magic, mm-hmm. even if it's Fitzmagic, Mark. Yeah. Even if it's, it's real. Fitzmagic, magic is real. We're going to ask the question of how Fitzmagic success could affect Jameis Winston's future in Tampa. Then we're going to end the podcast making our week two picks in the NFL. A little bit of housekeeping here at the beginning. Also, check out patreon.com backslash Podcast down in the description if you want to help support us. $10 tier gets you on a podcast each and every month you are at that tier. Also, get yourself an MVP t-shirt. Officially join as I am not wearing the t-shirt. I just like to do this whenever I talk about it. Officially join the MVP Army, that T-shirt down below in the description. You can also get it at mostvalopodcasts.com where you can catch MVP each and every day. And then last but not least, if you could please go over to iTunes, give us a five-star rating. It would really mean the world to us. Type a little something-something about why you like listening to the podcast, whether you're listening on podcast services around the world, or if you're on YouTube, go over to iTunes. Please give us that rating. Give us that review. It would really mean the world to us. But Mark, let's dive into everything. We're going to start in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And this is something that Brandon and I talked about two weeks ago on what's your fantasy from a fantasy aspect of how this holdout with Le'Veon Bell should affect fantasy owners. You and I, though, are going to look at it from a pure Mm -hmm. football standpoint. We got our first game of the year. Le'Veon Bell was not with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They end up tying with the Cleveland Browns. They were originally up, if I'm not mistaken, what was it, 20 to 7 at one point in this game in the third quarter. And when you look at the rushing numbers, they said they were going to use James Conner like Le'Veon Bell, and they did. He had 135 yards on the ground, two rushing touchdowns. He also had 57 yards on five receptions in the game. 
But after this, they tie with the Browns in overtime after leading, like I said, 21 to 7. So I'm going to ask you, how worried should the Steelers be about the Le'Veon Bell situation after tying with the Browns? Well, it's it's difficult because the Steelers should be a little bit worried, but it's not Le'Veon Bell that they need to be worried about. Mm-hmm. It's not James Conner that they need to be worried about. We'll get to that a little bit later. But the the thing with Le'Veon Bell is it's not entirely surprising, but it's a pleasant surprise mm-hmm. because backups have done well with the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, backup running backs when Le'Veon Bell hasn't been there before. But James Conner really came in and made it his own. And you can feel that there's a little bit of cockiness to the Pittsburgh Steelers organization right now because of the fact <laughs> Even that— Even after a tie. Well, that's not what it is. It's the fact that they still did well without Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. They they feel a little cocky right now. And they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, we don't, you know, we're gonna take him off the depth chart, which is what they did, mm-hmm. which is stupid because he's not a part of the team anyways because he yeah. hasn't signed. Um, but you know, they have that kind of swagger to him right now, uh, despite the tie. But the running game was fine. Although the one thing I do want to say for Le'Veon Bell and a reason why I'm still, I support him, you know, and his holdout mm-hmm. for this because. James Conner got 31 carries in the first game uh, of the regular season. That's the reason why Le'Veon Bell doesn't want to play without any long-term stability. Because they're going to use him. Exactly. And I said it on a Mm -hmm. podcast before that if I was going to be that owner of a franchise, uh, that coach, whatever it's going to be, I'm going to sit there and say, if I know I don't have this guy next year, I don't care about his longevity. Mm Mm-hmm. 31 carries? No, 40 carries, 50 carries. You know, I'm going to have the Andrew Luck equivalent of a running back. Let's do it 53 times like Andrew Luck threw it 53 times. You know, this, that's what you got to think about. And with that being said, I, I fully think that Le'Veon Bell should continue on his uh, his holdout if he doesn't want to play for the Steelers because he's not going to play for the Steelers ever again mm-hmm. in this case. James Conner, though, kind of messes that up a little bit because he performed well. Yeah. Le'Veon Bell really needed Conner to be but bad. you didn't win the game. And that, that, to me mm-hmm. is, that, to me, is the biggest thing for Le'Veon Bell because the thing that you can look at is, yes, Connors or Conner had a good game. Yep. But you know who Le- had a bad game? Le'Veon can now say, yeah, it doesn't matter how well James Conner plays. You would have won with me out but there. But Le'Veon doesn't change that because Big mm-hmm. Ben had a bad game. Big Ben was bad out mm-hmm. there. And that doesn't matter which running back is out there. Mm-hmm. If your quarterback is going to be bad, your quarterback is going to be bad. Uh, and, you know, and I don't think that Big Ben is a bad quarterback or anything like that. You know, he's a little banged up right now. Um, but he just, he came out flat. Mm-hmm. He did not perform well. And that... I believe is what really hurt the Steelers. James Conner had to perform well because if he didn't, they were losing the Steelers to the Browns. Would have lost. Yeah. So if anything, James Conner has the rebuttal of, "Hey, I'm the only thing that kept us in the game. Mm-hmm. I'm the only thing that kept us from not losing. You would have rather have him win, but you had some forces working against you. And, and Big Ben's going to turn it around because he's proven time and time again that he can get it done. Uh, you know." And he's the kind of guy that even if he's banged up, even if he's hurt, he's still going to go out there and play well. So I don't think that's too big of an issue. In the grand scheme of things, I don't think the Steelers need to be that worried. 
What I find interesting is uh, I just see the, the tweet from Jeremy Fowler talking about how um, 744 total yards and four touchdowns in five games against Kansas City. That's Le'Veon Bell's stats. Mm-hmm. He knows how to beat Kansas City. He but knows how to the destroy chart. that defense, but he's not there. What's going to be very fascinating is, is it a Le'Veon Bell thing, or is it just a Steelers running backs are able to do whatever they want against the Steelers? I'm sorry, against the Chiefs. You know, if he goes out there and runs for 150 yards, something mm-hmm. crazy like that, and I'm the Steelers, I'll say, you know what? Fine, Le'Veon. We'll let you go somewhere else. We'll, we'll and, trade you. And that's why I wanted to bring this up because you brought mm-hmm. up the T word. There was an article earlier before. So yesterday, before the article in the news came out today that they took him off the depth chart, they were reporting, ESPN was, that the Steelers won't trade Le'Veon Bell and they rescinded the franchise tag. Um, and that the news at that point from that Adam Schefter article was that the Steelers, he says it right here, although Bell is constantly evaluating when to report, multiple sources around the league believe that he will join the Steelers sometime before the end of September. Um, until then, Bell will remain in Florida, training and absorbing fines of $853,000 for each game he misses. And this is what my thought was. All right. They said they're not going to trade him. They take away the tag. Are the Steelers then close to giving him his money? And why? Like, is it a Roquan Smith type situation? But not exactly. Where mm-hmm. Roquan Smith was on language. Yeah. Le'Veon is all right. We're closer now, but it's still going to take us about two, three weeks to get this deal done and get the money where it is. Because if I'm Le'Veon Bell, I'm sitting there going, "You give me what I want." Or I'll walk. Yeah. And like that's why I'm with you where I love Le'Veon mm-hmm. basically because the whole thing of you've got this with multiple teams where it's like it's all about it's all about like oh, who brought this up? Somebody on ESPN did. But Le'Veon's thinking about this as a business. Mm-hmm. And usually it's like, oh well, um when a team does it, oh, cuts Des Bryant, gets rid of Tony Romo. Of course, I'm using two Dallas Cowboy references. Um, But teams do stuff like that. Oh, that's just good business. Those guys are getting old. But when a player holds out because they want the money they deserve, oh, the player's a bad guy. He's bad for the locker. Then you got all these offensive linemen. Bad for the team. I hated the offensive linemen this week coming out and speaking Mm -hmm. bad about Le'Veon because it's one of those first off, don't air your dirty laundry. Like, that's a family thing where if you're fighting with your family, you're not going to air that grievances outside for the world to see. Usually those families we see on, like, live PD yeah. and cops. Mm-hmm. Um, second off, when Le'Veon comes back, you're going to have to block for him. He's going to be the guy helping you hopefully win games and get to the playoffs and get to the ultimate goal of winning the Super Bowl. And the other thing I look at is let's say Le'Veon is gone for four weeks. Let's see who they play in their next three games. Kansas City, which I will say, loss without Le'Veon. Tampa Bay at Tampa Bay. If Fitzpatrick looks anywhere half as near what he was in this in this first game, could be a loss at Tampa. 
and then they play Baltimore. I know Baltimore played the worst team in the NFL in the Buffalo Bills. But, man, but did those they could play be, them. Those could be yeah. three losses right mm-hmm. away off the gate without Le'Veon. But, see, here's the thing. Well, but yeah, three. Looking at James Conner, I'm not willing to say it matters whether Le'Veon Bell is mm-hmm. there or not because James Conner did a great job. Now, that was one game. Let's see the test. Mm-hmm. What I need is Big Ben to come back and Big Ben to be Big Ben. He needs to play well because if he doesn't play well, then yes, these are losses. Mm-hmm. But if he plays well and James Conner is getting two touchdowns and 130 plus yards, then I don't care about the Chiefs, the Bucks, or the Ravens. They the can win. Th- the thing also is, let's put it this way: two, at least two of the next three teams mm-hmm. have better coaches than Cleveland does. Dirk Cotter, I'm going to leave that one up to debate whether you think he's better than Hugh Jackson. I think most would say mm-hmm. yes, yeah, but it's not that definitely. big of a gap. But I like, I personally don't think that coaching was the issue in the Browns game. Mm-hmm. I think people want to point to Le'Veon Bell because it's an easy thing to point to, but we're all ignoring the fact that the thing that didn't work was the passing game. Mm-hmm. The passing game was what gave trouble. I mean, if you want to look at his QBR rating, Big Ben had a 22.8. Well, and that's the thing, too, of was the passing the problem – because Cleveland, basically what they could have done was James Conner is not the same kind of player as Le'Veon Bell. He doesn't demand the same respect as Le'Veon does. Where James Conner is out there, all right, we'll let him get some mm-hmm. yards. It's it's, it's like, not some yards. It's 130 well, no, no, no. yards. It's, it's the thing I was going to say is it's kind of like where you usually see this in mm-hmm. basketball. It's like, oh, you got that really one player? All right. We let we shut him down, and we let the team beat us. Where basically Cleveland was, all right, if James Conner is going to beat us, that's fine. But Big Ben is not going to beat us. Pin those ears back, go sure. around the corners, get to the quarterback. And that mm-hmm. is something that I think, and this is like the debatable thing, is is it James Conner or is it Le'Veon Bell, that the thing we won't be able to see until Le'Veon's out there is, if Le'Veon was out there, he'd gain more respect from defenses. Well, we'll never be able to see it to now. Where, it's too late. No, no. I'm just saying, like yeah. in the future too. Like if Le'Veon mm-hmm. comes back, and future defenses yeah. then start to focus well, on him, mm-hmm. and that then makes Big Ben's job easier. Well, to be fair, I mean Cleveland is more well known for their pass rush mm-hmm. than they are for run stopping, but uh, just because of the the talented players that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, Big Ben threw three interceptions. I, I don't think they also that, had three fumbles too. Yeah, and you know there there were problems offensively for the Steelers, but there's no doubt that if teams were not respecting James Conner, they're respecting him next week. Mm-hmm. You know he's going to get that respect. What is going to be very interesting to see is how he performs against the Chiefs, a team that Le'Veon has historically done very well against, and who Patrick Mahomes looked phenomenal with. Yeah, like him and Tariq Hill. If they do the same thing mm-hmm. this Sunday. Steelers well, don't I mean, have a chance. Well, it doesn't get any easier than, no, I know. here, have the ball. <laughs> and Tyreek Hill goes and gets two touchdowns. Uh, I mean, the man barely had to pass it. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I, what, wasn't one of them a punt return, too? Like, one of Tyreek Hill's yeah, I think touchdowns so. is a punt return? So it's like, great, but I didn't I, even have yeah. to give him the ball. I mean, uh, Mahomes had those two touchdown passes mm-hmm. that were essentially just... From me to you. Here you go, Ricky. <laughs> Enjoy. Uh, not taking anything away from P- Patrick Mahomes. Just saying, man, did his team mm-hmm. just knock it out of the park in that game. Um, Big Ben doesn't have that, apparently. Although he should. There's enough talented players on that team that he mm-hmm. should. Um, obviously, Big Ben's not going to throw three interceptions 
in the next game, I hope. Uh, the Chiefs is a good team, but... The thing, though, is... I, like, I hope he's going to be better than that. He might not throw three interceptions, but the thing that could be interesting is the Chiefs' offense mm-hmm. could probably outgun the Steeler offense in this game. Probably, but I don't know. If the Chiefs' off, or I'm sorry, the Steelers' offense performs how they should, they've got all the weapons in mm-hmm. the world. They're different kinds of weapons than Kansas City has, mm-hmm. uh, but they should be able to. Now, of course, Andy Reid... I mean, the man knows his quarterbacks. He knows how to get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, the flip side, the funny thing about the Chiefs is Kareem Hunt did not have a good game. So, I mean, they're kind of opposites here where the run game was bad for the Chiefs. The passing game was great for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Passing game was bad for the uh, Steelers. The run game was good. And I say bad. Someone's going to yell at me because they got over 300 yards. Yeah. But, I mean, three interceptions is not what Big Ben should I, do. I just, I personally think that if I'm the Steelers— after week one, I look at it and go, we tied to the Browns. Like, you tied to—you mentioned Hugh Jackson's coaching record earlier yeah, in this podcast. it's bad. One, 131 and one. Yeah, basically. And it's—if I'm the Steelers or if I'm a Steeler fan, I'm going, oh, my God, we, we tied to that. We yeah. couldn't beat them. We couldn't beat them. And if I'm the Steelers looking at my next— even if you look at the next four opponents, even that first game that Le'Veon would be back, I know Atlanta didn't play well in that first Thursday night game. But they should bounce back. But you would think by week five they would have things in order mm. and realize, hey, we can't throw it to Julio ten times and that Tevin Coleman is open on a slant mm-hmm. right at the end zone and could have walked in. And then, oh, wait, didn't we draft Calvin Ridley? Like, is he on the roster? We'll see what happens if, with uh, Sarkeesian. If you, if you can't notice, I'm kind of upset yeah. With the Falcons, that they didn't throw one pass to Calvin Ridley in that entire game. Like, at least give me one point. No, Let him zero. catch it and get one point. But even that game, it's like your next four, based off of like coming into the season, I would have said, yeah, Chiefs, I'm not that high on. Bucks, I'm not that high on. Fitzpatrick looks like, damn, mm-hmm. they could win some games. That game becomes harder in yeah. my mind, and it's but, on the road. You know, it's and also the Chiefs looked good. It's also Week One. I mean, no, I know. we always got to be careful of whether these things continue mm-hmm. over the future. I mean, Fitz Magic, that's who he is. Has an amazing game. We'll have career and games. Then throws like three ints exactly, and then we'll be terrible the next mm-hmm. game. Uh, the Chiefs should be fine, but the Chiefs had a big old uh, roadblock last year where they really were starting to fall apart and pulled it back together into the playoffs. You know, you never really know mm-hmm. with these teams. And the Browns are a much better team this year than before. If they had a better coach, I'd be much com- more confident in them. My last reason why if Le'Veon st- – let's say Le'Veon stays out for all of September or mm-hmm. comes back late September, I think it's going to be catastrophic for the Steeler season because if you lose even one or two of these next three games, so Chiefs, Bucks, Ravens, you lose one or two of those games because of this tie to the Browns, who, let's be honest, should have been a win. You should have had a win in the one in the win column and not a win in the tie column. Mm-hmm. By the time like by the time you get Le'Veon back, November eighteenth, you're at Jacksonville. December sixteenth, you're playing New England. At New Orleans, December twenty third. Like these are teams later in the year. That even with Le'Veon, those are tough games and not even for sure victories for you. 
So you need to make sure you get these victories at the start. And I think that after week one, I know James Conner in the stat line had a good week, but I think if Le'Veon's out there, even if Big Ben struggles a little bit, I don't think he struggles as much if Le'Veon's out there because Le'Veon takes some pressure off of him. I think the Steelers win that game this week. I, it's possible. I mean, the yeah. week one, I meant. Yeah, I mean, I don't honestly think, I personally don't think Le'Veon Bell makes that much of a difference when the other running back still got 135 mm-hmm. yards uh, just running, not to mention his passing yards and two touchdowns. I mean, Le'Veon um, could have got, let's say Le'Veon, what sure. if he got in through the air too? Sure, but I mean, James Conner had uh, passing yards as well, not no, as I money. Know. I'm but, saying like Le'Veon, though, mm-hmm. compared to James Conner, yeah. he could probably break one off easier sure. in the reception game than but Connor. maybe if they played mason rudolph he would have thrown five touchdowns <laughs> you know i mean if you play I the mean, maybe game anything could happen one i'm, I'm saying with this one we've seen happen with Le'Veon break it off in the receiving yeah. game oh, mason rudolph we haven't seen definitely five touchdowns but in the i'm NFL. just saying that james connor played mm-hmm. as well as Le'Veon bell typically plays so I don't I don't think it matters. Here's the last thing I'll say, and then mm-hmm. I'll just have your final thoughts. Yeah. Is this is probably the ceiling for James Conner. It would be the floor for Le'Veon Bell. You're saying the floor for Le'Veon Bell is 135 yards. Like Le'Veon Bell is good for maybe not the two touchdowns, at least one mm-hmm. touchdown, but like Le'Veon Bell would have, against Cleveland, broken one off for a receiving touchdown as well. I don't think you could possibly know that, and I, I think it's a discredit to the performance of James mm-hmm. Conner. But anyways, uh, my advice to the Pittsburgh Steelers is trade Le'Veon Bell. Just do it. <laughs> you you don't want him to play for whatever reason. You don't want to pay get him. A deal done. He unless there's something going on that I don't know about because mm-hmm. I'm not in the room. It to me, it doesn't look like they took away the franchise tag because they're about to sign him at yeah. the end of September. And I trust Adam Schefter quite a bit, mm-hmm. but that tweet just seems weird to me to be the, you know, all his teammates thought he was going to show up last Wednesday. So that's one thing. But mm-hmm. Adam Schefter, those teammates were wrong. But Adam Schefter knows that by the end of the month he's going to be here. I don't know. So There's just a lot of weird misinformation going around. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything is happening right now. Just trade him. Get something out of the man. And the thing I will say, you popped this into my head. One mm-hmm. of the coolest stories that I've heard from Shefty um, recently was he mm-hmm. was on ESPN Chicago here. And... They're talking about the Khalil Mack trade. Yeah, great trade. And he was like the night. Basically, they were asking him about the like what went down because he was involved mm-hmm. with sources and stuff. And he's like basically like how the journalism game is. Is he's like I went to bed, woke up in the morning. People were tw- like texting me, asking me stuff. And there was one team that like Shefty's like yeah no Khalil Mack's been traded. And the team didn't even know. They asked Shefty, it's the Bears, isn't it? Like, that team mm-hmm. didn't even know, but they knew that Shefty knew yeah. what team it was. Like, oh, oh for it's sure. the Bears. The Bears guy. He's him, very, right? very well connected. I just think it's, if the teammates were wrong, I mm-hmm. don't know that they told the correct information to Adam Schefter. Yeah. Um, they might have, but I don't know that they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Yeah, it, to me, it just doesn't look of anything. To me, if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm looking at that Khalil Mack deal, even though I think that John Gruden uh, and um, uh, I'm blanking on the, the GM's name. Reggie McKenzie. McKenzie didn't do a good job at it. But I'm looking at that and saying, it's a similar situation. Let's go ahead and get it done and make, make a trade happen. 
Uh, tell Le'Veon, hey, we're going to trade you. Don't worry. Pick up that phone call. I hate to say it, call the Packers because they need a running, need back, a running back. And Le'Veon Bell would make that team 16-0. and 0. God, can you imagine if they called, like, the Jets with Le'Veon Bell, the Dolphins with Le'Veon Bell. I'm just trying to think of teams that could use. Could you imagine nice the Detroit back. Lions with Le'Veon Bell? Like, I know they got Kerryon mm-hmm. Johnson, and they've got more things wrong with that team than the run game. But, like— yeah. Or like even like the Colts with Le'Veon mm-hmm. Bell help out uh, Andrew Luck a little bit. Like Andrew Luck teams, would be on his knees thanking God for that. There are te- or the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Jerk McKinnon goes down. Here's Le'Veon Bell, Jimmy. Right. Just have Le'Veon. The Bears gave up two first rounders. Live free and Le'Veon. Uh, and the the trades are are weird, but yeah. they gave up two first rounders. What's important? Mm-hmm. Steelers. Don't you want two first rounders? Don't give up your second and your fifth or whatever it was. But Be- Before we move on, the one thing, did you hear the stuff coming from the Rams about Khalil Mack? So, from the Rams? Yeah, no. so the Rams were in on the Khalil Mack deal. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they wanted to acquire him, give him a contract extension, trade him after this year. Basically, get him, sign him, get a Super have Bowl him be amazing on this defense, then get draft picks out of him after this year. It's not a bad idea. It's like a very could, Madden kind of move. Could to do. you imagine if they had Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald on that defense, both paid? Aaron would be like, wow, their defense is going to be great. The for problem X with that, years. Goodell comes out and says, it is now illegal to touch quarterbacks. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Uh, you can't touch him anymore. Uh, well, this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. Le'Veon, what do you think is going to happen? When is he going to come back to the team? And let's say for the next three games, the Steelers are without Le'Veon. How will they do in the win-loss column? Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. But, Mark, speaking of actually Khalil Mack, we're going to move into your team. Da yeah. Bersh. That's and, uh, future Bears Hall of Famer Khalil Mack. And the Bears. Based off of his one performance. I mean, if yet again, we're talking about a team that really good first half was yeah. up 20 to nothing. Amazing first half. On the Green Bay Packers, everyone thought, call the game there. Bears won the Super Bowl. Yep, they did. Uh, but there was a second half to be played in Lambeau. And the Bears lose 24-23 to the Packers. The question that we are going to answer is how should Bear fans feel about the Week 1 loss? So I am going to yep. let you take the floor since you are a Bears fan. That I am. Air any grievances at the mm-hmm. beginning, anything you're thinking about. How do you feel as a yeah. Bear fan after the Week 1 loss? Well, I mean, the first thing to say is it was a heartbreaking loss for a Chicago Bears fan, obviously. Um, but the overreaction in Chicago was insane. <laughs> and the way it classically is in low. Chicago. It's not even the high to the low as much as it was because I totally get the high because you can understand it because you hate the Packers as well as a yes. Vikings fan. Uh, for Packers fans who are maybe listening to this podcast, don't get mad at you. It's just the uh-huh. rivalry thing. You guys well, are a good team. We get I, it. I'll put it this way. It's like when the Cubs beat the Cardinals in the NLDS. Sure. It was like, I hate the Cardinals. I am phenomenal. Like I am happy mm-hmm. that we just knocked yeah. them out of the playoffs. Nobody cares about baseball. Uh, I'm just saying, my side—that's that's my relation to it. But you know, it's your it's your hated rival. Yes. Um. So for a Chicago fan to watch that game against the Packers, who the last few times with the Jay Cutler Thanksgiving game being the exception when they beat the Packers, mm-hmm. the last few games against the Packers for the Bears have been just utter annihilation. Like the Bears shouldn't even be out there. Aren't the Bears like three and fourteen? Against the Packers and like in recent years, probably 
They probably are. Uh, Bears have been absolutely terrible against the Packers lately. Um, you know, and, and that's just the tale of two franchises where the Packers have had back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks and the Chicago Bears have had, you know, a million quarterbacks out mm-hmm. there because um, of injury and incompetence. But anyways... Yeah, it's because Sean tweeted... Um, the Packers are 14-3 and three in the last decade against the Bears. Yeah, exactly. Um, and now the Bears have had, like, three different head coaches in that time. Oh, I know. Period. I'm, I'm just saying. No, like, and, and I'm saying that explains yeah. exactly what, like, that 14-3 and three tells you why the Chicago Bears have had so many different head Lovey, coaches. Lovey, Trussman, Fox, and now Nagy. Yeah, so actually four. I said three, it's four. Um, but anyway, so... To finally have the Bears do well mm-hmm. against the Packers in the first half was the most exciting thing to happen in Chicago Bears uh, since Devin Hester returned the opening kickoff in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I said it in our our Discord uh, chat yep. that um, that this was the this would be like my favorite game ever if the Bears won. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually might not have been there; it might have been somewhere else that I said that. But anyways, it was just exciting. Literally. My wife is in a different room, and I went to tell her over there how good Khalil Mack was playing at the moment. Because uh, like, somebody needed to know. Somebody needed to know. And it was just the most exciting to watch a team that has been so terrible for, mm-hmm. you know, five, six years now with Finally that one good. exception of the first Tressman year being actually decent. Mm-hmm. Um Finally play something well and, and be good and, and surprising. The flip side of it is the fact that the second half was terrible. And there's plenty of reasons that we can go in and get into and whatnot. Um, but the thing about the thing about this game, and I do want to take credit, um, I have it in my history on Reddit, mm-hmm. just in case anyone says I'm not going to post it because I don't want people to find me on Reddit. But uh, <laughs> Don't at me, bro. Yeah, don't at me on Reddit. Um I said in the second in the second quarter that if the Bears didn't score another touchdown, Aaron Rodgers was going to magically show up from this injury and beat the Bears. Why did I say that? It's not because I'm Nostradamus. It's because I'm a Bears fan, and I've seen it happen before. I've seen these horrible falls from good games. Uh, ask my fellow uh, NFC North buddies over in Detroit mm-hmm. how it feels to be doing well and then have Aaron Rodgers come back and take it all away from you because that's what the man does. There's a reason why he is arguably the best or second best quarterback in the NFL, depending on if you like him or Tom Brady more. Here's the thing. All right, it really comes down this simply to me. The first half was what the Bears can be. It was the promise of a really uh, aggressive, powerful offense, Mm -hmm. good running game, creative play calls, an unstoppable defense that wasn't letting the quarterback do anything. The second half was, oh, this is where the Bears currently are as a team. Mm -hmm. Young, inexperienced. There's not a single starter over the age of 30 on this team. There's a lot of players that need to learn uh, they got a young quarterback in Mitch Trubisky who's still inexperienced, still has not played 16 games. Um, believe that was game 14 now for him, so he's almost at a full season. And a head coach who, that was his first head coaching game. He didn't have that much play calling experience under Andy Reid. He did have some, mm-hmm. but he did not have that many. Um, and there's still debate on who really was doing the play calling at the end of that playoff game for the Kansas City Chiefs. Andy yeah. Reid said it was him. Matt Nagy said it was well, him. They both have said it. And that was the one joke uh, that mm-hmm. I heard on ESPN 1000 yesterday 
is they were like, oh, well, you know, Matt Nagy, a disciple of Andy Reid, so if there's anyone that knew how to mismanage the clock at the end, it's Matt right. Nagy. Yeah, that was my probably my biggest complaint. A lot of people say the play-calling decisions on third and one and stuff like that. I was going to bring I that up, I actually think that the time management with timeouts, which I know that also has to do with Mitch mm-hmm. Trubisky a little bit too, that was a worse thing for me when I saw the Bears like in the first quarter use all three timeouts. And the one thing I will say is... Although, like, with a loss like this, Bear mm-hmm. fans can pinpoint all everything. kinds of things. Like, the yeah. thing that pissed me off mm-hmm. as a Viking fan was, so the game happened. After the game was over, I immediately jumped on Twitch because I'm like, I'm going to play some Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, so I play Spider-Man for about an hour and a half. Then I'm getting ready for bed. I'm going, go upstairs, do all my stuff, brush my teeth, everything. Come back down. And my TV is on, and it's on NBC. The Mm. NBC guys are talking about the game on the Bears' side, and they're just ragging on Matt Nagy. Yeah. Like, ragging on Nagy, ragging on the Bears. All these comments coming in from Bears fans that they're reading, like, trashing the team. And I'm going, you guys know that you guys played well, right? Like Exactly. and, and And maybe this is me coming from goggles that are not tinted orange or blue in any way. But every time you asked me about the Bears this offseason, even after they added Mm. Khalil Mack, I know I added two wins for Khalil Mack and my hold us to them predictions, but for the longest time, I thought this season was going to be, whether it be five or seven wins, you Mm -hmm. pick which one it is, I always thought the Bears. I personally were, pick sixteen, but sure. I I think the Bears were going to mm-hmm. be that five to seven win team, but there were going to be three yeah. to four games where it's like, man, if the ball bounces one way, we lost that by a field goal. These three games, or maybe if the ball does not bounce. Exactly, off of Kyle Fuller. Exactly, dude, mm-hmm. dude. I saw that and I was like, calm. I, I sat there like, and I felt. And and this is going to toot my own horn, I know, geez. but I felt so vindicated just for let when I was Bay. like, don't. Pay him big money because he's not that good. He just should've performed ju- really well. Should have just let the Packers take him. He had a good contract year like mm-hmm. a lot of players do. But although if he went to the Packers, he would have been a Hall of Famer. That was right. Uh, because that that's was, what the Packers do. That was right in his bread basket. He catches that. The game but is over. But that's the thing. Kyle, that is who Kyle Fuller is. Yeah. He is that guy who lets you down in big moments. Mm-hmm. Well, And it's not even that, too. People Chris, put, what, Chris Collinsworth Chris right after oh, said, yeah, like... I thought you were going to make a Chris Conn no, reference. No, no. Chris Con- uh, Collinsworth said mm-hmm. right after that happened that, yeah, he dropped six of them last yeah. year and would have led the league in interceptions if right? he caught them. But the people point to that one because it's very egregious. Mm-hmm. But just the time before, uh, before the Randall Cobb one, he got burned badly yeah. on that deep, uh, that deep ball. But anyways... Um, You're not talking about the big touchdown, right? It was a big touchdown. Okay. Yeah, he got burned The Randall terribly. Cobb one where it was over the no, middle. No, not the Randall Cobb one. Okay. That was a different player. But the one right before that, which I forgot who he who okay. Aaron Rodgers threw the ball to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Fuller just got burned on that one. He was mm-hmm. a full step behind. Um, but anyways, there's a lot of these things you can point to. You can point to the decision to pass on third and one, you, which was wrong. You said it was a touchdown, right? Yes. It was the Was it the Gmail one? The, sounds about right. The Allison one in the corner of the end zone. It doesn't I only matter. Know that it one sounds about right. I was excited because I'm like, woo, former Illini right. touchdown. So anyways, um, there's a lot of things you can point to. Mm-hmm. I mean, the third and one play call was the wrong play call when Jordan Howard was being so effective. But the one thing I will say, I would have been okay with that mm-hmm. play call for two things. One, if they then on fourth and one ran it, because that's the thing. You pass on third and one if you're going to then run it 
if you don't make it mm-hmm. on fourth and one is my opinion. Or the other thing is that's one of those play calls where if it worked, people were saying Matt Nagy's a genius. Yeah. If they scored a touchdown, third and one, passing it instead, people would have loved him for it. Um, you know, there's there's quite a few things. I mean, Mitch Trubisky overthrew some people. Uh, the uh, Sims had one right to uh, right to him. He caught it, but didn't go the two steps further to be a mm-hmm. first down. There's plenty of things that went Here, wrong, which are all comes down to one thing. It's an inexperienced mm-hmm. team that needs to learn a little bit. Well, and that's some of my takeaways. First off, you mentioned the third and two. You're talking mm-hmm. about the one that was like the Packers took that timeout with 247 left, and then they did the it was the pass to Anthony Miller that was incomplete right before the field goal. That on mm-hmm. that play, I look at it and I go, I'm gonna criticize that play call because to me, you mentioned Jordan Howard was doing yeah. well. I'm not He's even great. looking at that. I'm looking at you run the ball in that third and two for two reasons. One, if you get it first down, you can now run the clock out effectively. Yeah, you essentially win the game and then. You won the game. Or at that point, it was. I think this might have still been like three minutes on the clock at that point. Well, there was just under three, but mm-hmm. you could have ran out the clock. You would be um, winning that game because the Packers didn't score that touchdown yet. Or if you don't get it, let's say you don't get it, you bring up a fourth yep. and one. The Packers had no timeouts. You could have then run down the clock all the way or close to the two-minute warning, still got a field goal, mm-hmm. or, like you said, want to be ballsy, go for it on fourth and one. Yeah, give Aaron Rodgers the whole field to have to go for. You can do either. Or, well, at that point, you're at the Green Bay 14. Yeah. So it's not like, like at mm-hmm. that point, it's like, if it's fourth and one, yeah, go for it. Like, Green yep. Bay 14, you know what? Against Green Bay with the Packers, it's your rival. Yep. Balls to the wall. That's what we're going to do. But that wasn't the – that's only one thing. Mm-hmm. The second thing, and I know this is – this whole thing is Bears fans and everybody just pinpointing games. If I was a Bears fan, the one play that would really grind my gears is Mitch scrambles out of the pocket and he's not looking downfield. He's looking at the sideline, and I think it was like Trey Burton or somebody – in a checkdown position, Tariq Cohen's is doing this. Mm-hmm. He is just waving his hands like, hey, bro, I'm open. Sure. I am wide open. And what does Mitch do? Out of bounds. And it's mm-hmm. like even Collinsworth right after was like, dude, he had he had Tariq wide open. Yeah. Wide open. Yeah, I mean, sure. That's another one of those that you can point to because, yeah, he could have thrown it to Tariq Cohen. Mm-hmm. Um, he he started to scramble a little a little much at the end. For a couple of reasons. I don't mind the scrambling. Oh, I don't it's mind it either. If you're going to scramble, look yeah. downfield. Of course. And he did start doing that afterwards, too. I think a coach yelled at him or something, mm-hmm. probably. But the thing that, that I see from, from Mitch scrambling so much was, and you could see it in his face, too, he did not look comfortable at the end of that game. He mm-hmm. didn't really like all the pressure being on him because it was immense pressure on him to go into Lambeau for the first time and have to play this in the first game. And that was his first all this fourth new, quarter comeback moment. Uh, they even showed that on yeah, the screen of like, this is the first yeah. fourth quarter comeback of his career. So there was a lot. I'm not surprised that he overthrew him a little mm-hmm. bit because think back to that Vikings game. Yeah. He had his, his time to shine. Of the it was game. an interception. That's mm-hmm. his, I think that was his first game. Yeah. Um, so you have that. 
And I'm not saying that was in his head, but he mm-hmm. started overthrowing a few of these wide receivers. Yeah. So where it's like, I think he might be throwing it to, I'm making sure that that defender does not get this ball. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, it makes sure that your well, wide receiver won't. So he had those little young moments too. And people are going to be like, yeah, but he's not a rookie. I totally get that. But, it, but he only played how many games last year? Uh, last year, I think he played like, like 12 or 13. And really, like, you got to think of it this way. Not only was and then it 13 in college, and that's all he played yeah. since high school. It's like not only was it like, hey, we got to, he only played this many games. Even when he was playing, John Fox and that staff yeah. never let him loose. It was like he a dog a, on a leash. Yeah, it's there like, was hey, a don't game where far. he only don't had like far. 14 throws. Yeah. It's not surprising, and I'm not trying to sit and here and make a be million a excuses. Philosophy, or Matt I'm just sitting, basically yeah. going to let him go. I'm just sitting here saying, and I think they did a little too early for him too, mm-hmm. um, but that's a whole other story. I'm just sitting here saying it's understandable why this is where the team is. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy about the loss, but I expected the Packers to lose to Green Bay. What makes it heartbreaking is that they did so well to begin with. Um, the things that need to change, and they are things that will change. I said optimistically that. Hey, the Bears have a lot of good tape to watch, mm-hmm. both of bad moments and good moments, things they can learn from. They saw what they can do well. They saw that they needed to adjust. They need defensively something beyond just pass rush because mm-hmm. that's what they were relying on. And as soon as Aaron Rodgers said, all right, I'll just throw the ball faster, and there was no, there was nothing they could, the Bears could do anymore mm-hmm. because their defensive backs were not doing well enough, and you had a backup at one point playing defensive back as well. Roquan Smith came in. Did great. I'm excited for when he actually gets to play a lot. Mm-hmm. Khalil Mack, even though he was explosive and he did a lot, he still didn't play that much. Yeah. So when he's out there, he'll be able to do it too. Um, the entire the entire team, defensively and offensively, just looked slow in the second mm-hmm. half. You know, so some conditioning is going to help, and that's part of the thing too with Matt Nagy. He didn't play the starters in the preseason gonna, very much. I was going to ask you about that. That was a big thing that. People were criticizing mm-hmm. Nagy for. Are you mad at him for that? Because people said uh-huh. the same thing about the Rams after because of well, their slow yeah. start. That's what I was going to say is that it, it looked a little rough but for the Rams, but they still won that game. Mm-hmm. So the jury's still kind of out on if that works or not to me. In my eyes, the jury's still out on if that works. Because like, that pissed me off. One of the NBC like fan comments that uh-huh. they showed was basically like, well, maybe if the Bears played a little bit more in the preseason, they would have had enough gas to make it through the whole game. It's like, all right, play them in the preseason. Then when they get injured, come talk to me. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's a, come talk to me when they're injured in the preseason. It's kind of a lose-lose situation. If one of these guys gets hurt, then mm-hmm. how dare the coach play him? Preseason's meaningless. You want to ask play Odell him, then... about his 2017 season? Yeah, exactly. So, to me, it just comes down to this simply... There's a ton of overreactions because it's Chicago. I mean, and it's week one. It's week one, but that's what people do. They overreact. It's Chicago. They're going to crucify a quarterback as soon as they have the opportunity to, mm-hmm. which is hilarious for an organization that's only ever had two decent quarterbacks. Um, and people are going to probably yell at me and they're going to start listing the quarterbacks they like. <laughs> um, but at least in the modern era, they've only really had two. Um, but, uh, you know, it's. People just need to calm down, realize that it's a long time. When I said in our holdest to them that the Bears can get into the playoffs at 9-7, and seven, I had them losing the first game to the Packers because mm-hmm. they win the next game to the Packers. That's still possible. One, yeah. because they haven't played that game yet. But two, because they almost beat the Packers in Lambeau. Mm-hmm. So to play them at Soldier Field, and now it's going to be much different by the time they get to that point, but it's totally possible. The Bears are going to be all right. They're going to learn. 
Nagy's going to figure some things out that he's got to change. They're going to work with Trubisky. He asked literally, how mm-hmm. can I get better? Which I have mixed feelings about that question that he asked, but whatever. Um, the team will assumedly get better. And you know what? If they don't, then it's a mistake, and a ton of people are going to get fired in about two or three years. Well, so, and that's a, like, and that's the thing. Where what I'm sitting here, mm-hmm. I'm with you. I think Trubisky will get better. I think that early on, a lot of people once Matt Nagy got hired, a lot of Bears the hype fans, just went crazy. It was Rams, 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 Rams. Yeah. That's what we can expect, and. You got to understand. And the Rams were a much better team than the Chicago Bears exactly. were the year before. Exactly. But the thing also that you got to look at with that is, and I got to look up exactly, I'm going to look up his college stats so that I can have this out there of how many games he played. So, yeah. So, okay. Here's the big difference. And this is why I hated when Bears fans, not all Bears fans, but the Bear fans that said, oh, the Rams did it, we can do it, is. Sean McVay and Matt Nagy, yeah, was technically their first jobs. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the quarterbacks that they got, yes, both of them, when McVay got Goff and Nagy is getting Trubisky, it is year two. Mm-hmm. But the thing you have to look, the difference between those two, Mitch Trubisky had way less experience in the NFL. Yeah, yep. He played, what, 12 games in the NFL last year? But John Fox didn't let him loose, like you said, 14 passing attempts in a game. And he only really had one year at North Carolina where he was the starter, where you had Jared Goff, who in college had three seasons at Cal where he played 12 and 13 games each. He played a total of, what, 12, 24, that would be 37 games in Mm -hmm. college, and played a full season in the NFL as a rookie and wasn't on like a snaps count or wasn't. Well, he didn't play the full season at rookie year. Oh, that's right. He didn't come. Yeah. But he had a lot more games in college to also yeah. have under his belt as a starter. That plays into it. When you For get sure. those reps, even at the college level, you just mm-hmm. you become more and, comfortable. And that's yeah. it. Mitch, what, Mitch was comfortable early on. That yep. first quarter, running in for a touchdown. That rush looked beautiful. Because it was the well-practiced part, the scripted exactly. part. Something you feel you confident script, with. Because you script, what, the first drive usually you script? First drive, maybe the second drive. Yeah. Uh, but a big thing for I think that people forget is when they point out uh, Deshaun Watson and how mm-hmm. well he did his rookie year, although his first game this year was not bad, but it wasn't amazing. Uh, it wasn't what people expected. When they point out Sam Darnold just had a good game, um, you know, had that pick six and then bounced right back and started doing really, really well. Um, so did that Jets defense. You look at a guy like Patrick Mahomes who did a really good job with Andy Reid and that good team. These are all different teams. They all have different parts, different pluses and minuses. But when Mitch Trubisky was drafted, the thing that a lot of scouts said about him is the fact that he has all the upside, all this potential. There's a reason why the Chicago Bears wanted to have a guy like Mike Glennon out there to play first. It didn't work out well, but that's what they wanted. Uh, and Mahomes had the same thing with Alex Smith, that he had his time to learn. Uh, Sean Watson, of course, had to go out there in, what, the second half of the mm-hmm. very first game? Yeah. But Mitch Trubisky was drafted for what he can be, mm-hmm. a little bit less of what he currently was when they drafted him. Should he be a little bit further along? I mean, we would like that, but... It's game one. 
if he's still doing poorly middle of the season, it's a different story, a different conversation. But it's week one, Bears fans. I was upset too, but we have to pump the brakes, be a little bit calm with this, and say there were some good moments, a lot of promise, and then we saw the harsh realities of some of the floor as well. Let's balance it out. Let's get something even, and let's move forward and do better. Um, do better than what we saw before, which is very, very possible. Which was a do better than a one point loss. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you don't want a moral victory, and people get mad at me when I talk about it. But remember when the Packers put up like fifty points on the Bears just a few years ago? One point loss is not that bad. And the last thing I'm going to say, and I'm only going to bring this up because, like you, you mentioned with Mitch, mm-hmm. is Mitch is not a final product. Yeah, this year is going like treat this year for Mitch as his rookie year in my mind. Like think of it almost like Ben Simmons in the NBA, except Mitch Trubisky got to play a couple games, um, where Ben Simmons didn't play at all his true rookie year in the NBA. Treat this as Mitch's rookie year because he's starting from day one. He'll get to work with Nagy. And like I've said from the beginning, this is going to be your year, Bears fans, where you might not win a ton of games. You might be like, I'm thinking, especially, well, not especially, like five to seven losses, but you have three or four games like this where it's a 1.2.3.4 point loss. And you're saying at the end, man, we win two of those. We're a nine-win team. We win three of those. We're Mm -hmm. a 10-win team. And then next year, after Mitch has a full year under his belt with Nagy's system, Nagy has a full year as a head coach, then you start to make your run at the playoffs. But the thing you said that was interesting, and I'm not saying this is like a call for the head, but it will be depending on Mitch and how he develops— if Mitch doesn't develop, then like you said, people will be gone. Ryan Pace will yep. probably lose his job. You'll get a new GM in there, a new guy yeah, making a new decisions. Head coach by then. Yeah. And like this whole situation is and I the thing that kickstarted this was the Khalil like now that you have Khalil Mack, a lot of people are expecting playoffs. And just because yeah. you have Khalil Mack, don't expect like don't be like, oh, we didn't make the playoffs. This team sucks. Mm-hmm. No. Your team is the same as it is. You just have a really good, probably the best pass rusher in the NFL. Also, I'm going to say this bold prediction. Because he'll play pissed off, Khalil Mack is going to be NFC Defensive Player of the Year this year. I sure hope so. He's going to be it because he's going to try to prove a point. Here's the. I mean, he. Tr- that's what the Packers' first half was for him. And you know how I love playing this game. Mm-hmm. I'll just throw this out here at the end just to kind of sit there and I think Mitch will develop. I'm not yeah. saying he won't, but you got to look at it this way. The picks that the Bears gave up for um, Mitch Trubisky, the 67th pick of that draft, which then went to the Saints. Do you want to know who the Saints took with that 67th pick? Sure. Alvin Kamara. There you go. That's Bears would not have taken him. Bears wouldn't. like, And I'm not saying the Bears are going to take him, but that's just like who went at that point. Then with the... You had uh, Tedrick Thompson with the fourth round pick, nothing special. And then guys like Royce Freeman and Mason yeah. Rudolph were available for mm-hmm. this year's draft where that Bears third rounder was. So yeah. n- really the one that people look back is, oh, we could have had El- Alvin Kamara. But like you said, would the Bears have drafted Alvin Kamara? Yeah, and I mean, if 
if they didn't have Mitch Trubisky, Michael Lennon wouldn't have been out there. The Bears probably would have had the number one overall pick. They could have had Baker Mayfield. Sa- no, they would have taken Sam Darnold. Are you they wouldn't me? have had a quarterback. Why yeah. would they take because Sam Darnold? You're telling me the Bears Baker went- Mayfield. You're telling me the Bears. I'm saying were- Baker Mayfield was the number one no, quarterback. No, no, no. But I Yeah. No, no, I get what we're yeah, saying, okay. but I'm saying Baker Mayfield was the number one quarterback they could have had Baker okay. Mayfield. Okay. We're Yeah. No, no, okay. no. We're on the same page. We're on the same page, but we're just saying that <laughs> Baker Mayfield was the first round. The first overall pick. Mark, you had me hyperventilating a little bit. I'm like, you're telling yeah. me that you would take Baker Mayfield over Sam Darnold. Ooh, did okay. you see? Hey. Oh, man. Oh, did we you see seen Baker uh, his yet. love of uh, whichever country artist that was? Chicago's got quite a bit of country <laughs> fans. I think Chicago would appreciate that. I don't know. I I just know what Bears I saw. Bears fans just need to calm down is the, yeah. is the moral well, of the story. In Chicago, we overreact yeah. about everything. You just, just calm down. It's all going to be all right. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. Bears fans, how are you taking the first week one loss? And what do you think about everything? How should Bear fans, if you're not a Bear fan, Tell Bear fans how they should feel down below in that comment section. And, Mark, let's move on into, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, the most interesting and probably fun topic to talk about. I know we just got done with the Bears, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on the docket, and this is where Buccaneer fans come into the podcast and go, See, we told you, Ricky, we weren't going to be the worst team in the NFC. Fitz magic. Fitz magic. Fitz magic. Ryan Fitzpatrick had 417 yards in this game, four touchdowns, zero INTs against the New Orleans Saints. Mark, I'm just going to ask this question and be blatant with it. Could Ryan Fitzpatrick affect Jameis Winston's future with the Bucs? Or is this just a, hey, it was a good first game, but Jameis is coming back week four? I think it probably is more of the... Nice job, Fitzy. But uh, don't get too excited. Don't get too comfortable. Because Jameis was the number one overall pick. They're going to play Jameis when he is ready to come mm-hmm. back. Um, although, you know, I mean, if if Fitzpatrick really does do a really good job, goes lights out, wins all these games while he's got the chance, there is some kind of valuable reason to say maybe you just stick with the hot hand, especially because Jameis has not been all that people expected him to be. Uh, but the unfortunate thing is that this is exactly who Fitzpatrick is. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who goes out there and really impresses you and then will really let you down the very next opportunity he has. Um, I mean, just look at that whole time where he really, really wanted New York to pay him. They paid him, and it was not pretty that next season. Uh, Buffalo Bills fans know it. They've seen it game to game of awesome. Fitzmagic's amazing. Oh, he's terrible. Mm-hmm. Get him out of here, please. So I don't necessarily buy that it's going to happen, but if he were to play how he was, 400 yards, four touchdowns, I mean, if he does that game after game after game, you can't pull the guy because Jameis is not the guy who's going to go out there, throw your four touchdowns, throw your 400-plus yards. That's not really who Jameis is. He's a different style of a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, and the team was responding, apparently, to Fitzmagic, so... I don't think he realistically actually affects Jameis's future, but in the dream world, if he does go out there and, you know, three, four touchdowns a game, there's no reason to go away from the hot hand. Well, and here's what I'm thinking into this is, do I expect Ryan Fitzpatrick to throw four touchdowns over 400 yards in the next two games? No. But what I am most... 
what I'm focusing on the most when it comes to Fitzpatrick is basically the win-loss record. Is if this team is two and one after their first three, or hell, if they're even three and zero oh in their next three, well, next two basically because they already won the first one. Like, look at what we just saw. We saw the Buccaneers light it up against a defense everybody was really high on. Um, I even still, I mm-hmm. think I made the joke to Jake on Twitter. I might have held back on it, but there was a play where the Saints defense, their secondary messed up again. I was like, oh, looks like they didn't learn how to tackle yeah. um, over the offseason. Um, but the thing I liked most with Fitzpatrick is this offense is so, like, this is the offense that we expected from when yeah. people were like, Dirk Cotter's the head coach. This is why you fired Lovey Smith, to have an offense like this. Mm-hmm. The Deshaun Jackson touchdown, the Mike Evans touchdown, how vertical Fitzpatrick made this offense. That is what I've been waiting to see from Tampa, and we just haven't seen it from Jameis. And like, look at the next two games against Philly in Tampa. Philly didn't look great. In that opening game. And I'm telling you, after that first one, the Super Bowl hangover might be high. And I know Nick Foles is playing. Yeah, I think it's more just Nick Foles is there still. But I mean, that that team didn't look as sharp as Mm -hmm. I expected them to look to start the year. I wouldn't be surprised if the Buccaneers take a stand and say, hey, we're going to win the first home game. Fitz Magic lights it up again, maybe two touchdowns instead of four, doesn't turn over the ball, they win the game. Then you have the Steelers. The Steelers tied to the Browns. If the Steelers can tie to the Browns, they can lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, especially if Le'Veon Bell's not out there. That is going to be an interesting Monday night game now on my radar after week one. And I'm sitting there going, if they win one of these next two with Fitzpatrick and he looks good, or if they win all three with Fitzpatrick and he looks good, yeah. I'm telling you, I if I am Dirk Cotter, if we're 3-0 and after the first three games with Fitzpatrick, Jameis is coming back, and I'm saying, Jameis, I'm sorry I have to do this, sit on the bench. And the mm-hmm. reason why I'm doing that is because you ride the hot hand. A, you ride the hot hand. B, with the suspension and everything, people were already talking about Jameis Winston's future with the Bucs. And three, a career record for Jameis Winston with the Buccaneers. He is 18 and 27. Yeah. And I don't see that record getting better than 500 anytime soon. And over uh, his career, which is only really two seasons, mm-hmm. uh, one game where he threw four touchdowns, one game where he threw five Five in his rookie year against the Eagles, four uh, against the Falcons last year. Only one game has he been over 400 yards. That was against mm-hmm. the Rams last year, 405. Why do you say loss. only two seasons? Um, well, this is his third season. No, he's played three. He's been. 20- oh, he played 2017. Yeah. To I'm he sorry, I, I was games. off by yeah, yeah, I was off by uh, my one year, but still. Mm-hmm. With that being said, does not change the fact of what I just said. Yeah. Because he didn't throw for four or over 400 yards. And and is Fitzmagic going to do that the whole season? No. But I'm just saying, if he's getting close to that as level of production. As long as you win games. That's I don't what even think at. about that. If he gets close to that level of production, you don't switch Jameis mm-hmm. for that. Um, because Jameis has never done that. The mm-hmm. flip side is, though, you could make the argument of, well, if Ryan Fitzmagic is able to do that, 
Imagine what Jameis can do. We saw it last year. He wasn't able to. We've yeah. seen him in a Dirk Cotter offense. He hasn't been able to do what Fitzpatrick did. Yeah, like, exactly. It hasn't been it hasn't been what people wanted, what people expected. And sometimes a quarterback and a head coach just don't get it. They mm-hmm. just don't see eye to eye. They don't match up. They don't work out. And if that's the case, maybe Fitzmagic is a better option for right now. But the problem is... He's a 35-year-old quarterback who's been inconsistent throughout his entire career. So let's say, let's play the game. Mm-hmm. Fitzmagic wins these next two games. It doesn't matter how well he does. Uh, he's he's won the next two games, and he's going to start. Jameis is going to be benched. Two questions. Mm-hmm. One, let's imagine that Fitzmagic does fine throughout the whole season. What do you do with Jameis then? Two, let's say that midway through the season, Fitzmagic has done enough to get benched. You put Jameis Winston back in and just hope that all is well? That's the tough thing with a guy like this, you know, your first well, overall pick. Because we know that Jameis went like, Jameis Winston, I'm going to just go ahead and say he's a crybaby. Like, yeah, he can be that emotional guy in the locker room, and he knows how to give a speech and talk mm-hmm. to the guys. But boys, stand up. Girls, you stay seated. Um, kind of a thing. But if if he got benched, he would take it. Though I would just see Jameis sulking and taking it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I don't see him taking it well. So for me, like, it's easier said than done for me to say, oh, it's about wins and losses. If you're 3-0, yeah. you ride with the hot hand. But that's the decision you have to make as a Buccaneers franchise. Of Jameis, he's got this year, which... This is season number four. Season number four. Then you've got next year. Next year you're your paying year him. Option. Next year you're paying him if he's on roster, twenty point nine million dollars. He is going up from because of the suspension. He'll go up from five hundred eighty thousand this year to twenty million dollars next yeah. year. But see, is that, Jameis Winston mm-hmm. worth twenty million dollars? But here's the problem. Ask yourself that question. This is the difficult thing for for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So what do you do if you're not going to play him and you know that it's not going to work well for him getting benched? Do you trade him? Then what do you do after Fitzmagic's season this year? You're out of a quarterback. You don't have a quarterback anymore. I mean, let's be honest. Like, depending on how well Fitzmagic does, mm-hmm. I think at worst the Bucks could bring him back. But then it's like, is but Fitz, the Jets he's did a, that. He's a year older. Yeah, yeah, but like and it did not work well with, for the Jets. And the thing with Fitzmagic, he's 35. So like if you're bringing mm-hmm. him back, it's only for one like another year, but then he's 36. Like he's yeah. a year older and Actually, he name, will turn 36 this okay, season. Okay. Then he'll be 37 turn 37 next year and mm-hmm. his name's not Tom Brady. Yeah. Um so father time will catch up to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I just to me I it's a catch 22 with the Bucks. Long term, it might not be the best answer, but I feel like if you, if for sure, if you win these next two with the Bucks, I ride Ryan Fitzpatrick because I look at the rest of the schedule as well. And yet again, it depends on how they look in these next two. But if they go three and zero, the Bears. And those were good teams that you yes, played. The Bears are interesting because yes, the Bears defense is good, but. We've seen in game one, this might be a season where the Bears might have some hiccups this year. Then you have the Falcons. They didn't look good in game one. Now by game six, I'm hoping that uh, they'll be a little bit better. By week six, they'll be a little bit better. 
Cleveland's good, but I feel like a Buccaneer team that played even three quarters like they did on Sunday will get the win. The Bengals are not that tough of a team. You have teams like the 49 the 49ers I'm putting a grain of salt on because they played the best de- arguably the best defense in the NFL. The schedule isn't the toughest for Tampa Bay and I just I can see it happening this way of they start 3 and 0, Ryan Fitzpatrick puts them in situ- in such a situation to be better than most people thought. Jameis comes in and they sputter to like a th- to like a 6-7 win season where he only gets mm-hmm. them 3 to 4 wins and it's like Really? You're telling me we couldn't have ridden the hot hand and maybe have done better, maybe have made the playoffs? I just think it's such a difficult situation for Tampa Bay. Personally, for me, I don't see a way that you can start Fitzpatrick over Jameis Winston because if you do, you're going to, in my eyes, then you are losing Jameis Winston. Well, and that's why you have to ask and answer the question. Do you think he's going to be there? Is he the future? Because he's only got one year left. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you think he's going to be the future after that 50 or after next year, then, yeah, go with Jameis. But if you're going to get rid of him anyways, and I am going to go back to 18 and 27 in his first three years. And I'm going to go back to, like you said, we have seen, and I know people are going to say, but guys, Ryan Fitzpatrick played last year as well, and not every game was like what we saw this past week. That's his entire career. But the thing that I will say, and this is what I am getting at, is in my eyes, I don't care what Ryan Fitzpatrick's stat line looks like. As long as he doesn't turn over the ball and we get the win at the end, just watching how vertical the offense can be with him out there looked better than what we what we have seen with Jameis. And you look at you look at some of the games last year. Beats the Bears. Well, he only threw one pass on that Bears game, so that was a Jameis game. Um, the Arizona one, they lose by five points. That's a one-score game that they lost, and he had three touchdowns in that game. The New Orleans Saint game, he only threw 15 passes in that one. They lost by 20. The Jet one... They win by five points. The Dolphins, they win by 10 points. The Falcons, they lost by 14 points, 34 to 27. He had 44 attempts, didn't throw a single touchdown, but didn't throw a single INT. To me, at the end of the day with Ryan Fitzpatrick, is is he getting you wins? And if he's getting you wins, that might be the leading factor Mm -hmm. of what might keep him in over a Jameis Winston, because I'll tell you this, I don't think, I am not high on Jameis Winston. If you listen to the podcast for some time, I've never been a Jameis Winston fan. The Buccaneers will never win a Super Bowl with Jameis. They'll never go to the playoffs with Jameis. The future doesn't look bright with Jameis. So so you want him to just cut it now? If Ryan Fitzpatrick, and that's what I'm saying, if he goes 1-2 and two in the next two games, like, okay, put in Jameis. But if Ryan Fitzpatrick brings you to 3-0, and oh, Against the Saints, Eagles, mm-hmm. and Steelers, ride this one out. It's like it's like a hot hand at the poker table. I'm riding or like the uh, roulette or something. Yeah, I'm high. I'm riding this hot hand until it ends. Like sure, you never leave the table when you're. I on think a heater. you can get away with maybe starting Fitzpatrick over Jameis once. Mm-hmm. After that, it has to be that answered question of 
then what if he goes do we four think? now? Like, well, that's, then, that's my point. Win. You can only get away with it once. After that point, you're sitting there and you are making the change. Mm-hmm. Unless Jameis surprises the world in his maturity, and he definitely could, if he surprised the world in his maturity and is okay with sitting down, not only does he say the right things, but he actually means the right things. Well, he'll say um, one thing, do another. Yeah. And to me, I don't know that I believe the Bucks are ready to cut the cord from Jameis, and I don't blame them for not being ready because mm-hmm. he hasn't been a bad quarterback. The team just hasn't been at the level it needs to be. He's been a fairly average quarterback uh, to above average for the Buccaneers. And I don't think they're going to be ready to cut the cord on the you know number one overall pick in 2015, especially not for Ryan Fitzpatrick, a 35-year-old quarterback mm-hmm. who you know probably he might come back next year, but there's a good chance he's not coming back next year because he's so far at the end of his season. And even if you want to trade Jameis right now, who are you going to trade him to? The Bills. I don't think the Bills are going to take him. Are they really going to take Jameis Winston, a number one overall pick, I'm not and saying, start no, him no, no. over their number, what, six, seven overall pick? When I say the Bills, I'm not saying trade him right now. Mm. I'm saying if if the Bills are a team that the Bucks could trade him to, it would come down to first off we because Nate and Peterman's. I don't care what Bills fans say. I was right yeah. about Nate and Peterman. He's not a starting quarterback. We in the all NFL. have eyes. We yeah. <laughs> we know he shouldn't be out there. I just like I just oh it made yeah. me so angry. But the thing that it looks at is Josh Allen after his rookie season. You can you make the decision of are we going to go through with this and progress like bring his potential and work with them mm-hmm. developing. They're, they're not going to give up after one year. But, hey, like that. I mean, what, it's been done before. It's been done before, but I don't think they're going to do that. There's got to be, like, and let me just look at the teams really quick. There's got to be a team. If they played Nathan Peterman, the Bills know that they're in for the long haul on Josh Allen. I just don't see anybody who's going to make a trade, and that's partially because the injuries haven't happened mm-hmm. yet. Um, some quarterback will get injured, but... I don't. I can't think of a team right now that I'm like, yes, they would jump on Jameis Winston if they could get a trade for him. Um, because it's once again, it's like the Khalil Mack, it's like Le'Veon Bell. You're going to have to pay this guy in a year or two. The only thing, the only thing I can think of is there's three teams that I'm kind of thinking about, and that is the Bills because at the end of the and I'm looking end of the year. They're not going to do No, no, no. I'm just saying if. Mm -hmm. Like, just, like, go along with me for a second. Go along on this ride. Mm -hmm. Um, If they believe at the end of the year, you know what? Josh Allen just ain't going to work. Jameis Winston's already played in the NFL. Would I make that trade? No, but I don't like Jameis Winston. The other one is if Tannehill, then this one's an injury. If Tannehill gets injured again, I would see the, I would call up the Dolphins and say, hey, your quarterback keeps getting injured. We'll give you this one. Or a third team, depending on what happens to Eli after this year, the Giants. What if they need a quarterback? Kyle Luletta is the reason why Davis Webb was cut, they say. Mm-hmm. But I like Jameis Winston's actually played in the NFL. Yeah. Kyle Luletta's like what a fourth. I just kind of feel pick? like if you're waiting to the end of the year, then you might as well just bring Jameis back. Well, and the thing is, that's the hard thing. You look at every other team in this mm-hmm. league. The Jets don't need him. Sam Darnold looks great. The yeah, Cardinal, everybody else has an option like, right now. The Cardinals aren't going to trade him because yeah. they just drafted Josh Rosen. The Raiders are high on Derek Carr. You've got 
Yeah, I mean, no one else is going to get him because everybody's got a quarterback and that they feel comfortable with or someone they're trying to develop. What about the Jaguars? They like Blake Bortles no, no, no. for some I'm reason. Saying, what if they lose again in the playoffs but here's and they a, finally get the— What yeah. if they just get the realization, we need a quarterback? But you really think that Tom Coughlin wants to work with Jameis Winston? No, not at all. I'm just throwing, exactly. a, team out, I'm just throwing a team out. No, I, I get if. what you're doing, but I'm saying there's no team that's going to want Jameis Winston. Or what if Big Ben finally retires? They drafted Mason Rudolph. I like Mason Rudolph better than James. I just they drafted like, him for a reason. I'll just be honest. I just don't like Jameis Winston as an NFL quarterback, mainly because of his maturity, but yeah, also because he doesn't as win As an game. NFL quarterback, he's fine. Mm-hmm. The problem is that he's got too many domestic-related issues and sexual assault issues that have—he's never been you know, convicted, mm-hmm. tried, or anything like that, but there's just too many rumors and accusations yeah. that have revolved around him. That I think so many people are not going to want to deal with it. Lucky for him, there's no film because look at what happened to Ray Rice. Yeah. Once there was film, out of the league. As long as the video, if it's pictures, yep. you can still come back in a year. But or like two. if there's a video, boom, you are mm-hmm. gone, you are out of the league. Um, Ray Rice hasn't been seen since. And I just like, I know I said this before this segment, it's a catch 22 for the Buccaneers because yeah. you've kind of. And that's why Jameis will be back. You're in bed with Jameis. But, like, I just, I feel like, I don't know, if Fitzpatrick is 3-0, I don't see Jameis Winston coming in and continuing the success Mm -hmm. with the Buccaneers. And I... They have a week four, week five bye. mm -hmm. So that's why, another reason why, I think they can get away with saying, Fitzmadrick gets that Bears game, then we'll go back and we'll put Jameis in there. Mm -hmm. Or the... Well, we'll evaluate it later, but just with the circumstances, I don't think they can rationalize knowing everything that will follow why Jameis Winston should be on the bench and Ryan Fitzpatrick should be out there, even if he's winning games. I think what they're going to say is, well, if Ryan Fitzpatrick can do this, imagine what our number one overall pick Jameis Winston can do. Here's what I would do. Here's my ultimate answer at the end. If... Ryan Fitzpatrick goes one in if he goes one and two, loses the next two games. Yep. Jameis starts week four. Makes sense. If any other result happens, they win one or two of the next two games. Assuming that Fitzpatrick is playing well. Exactly. I would stick with Fitzpatrick. And what I would do then is this year you ride Fitz you ride the you ride the hot hand until it basically goes out. If that's week 16, if that's the not even at all this season that it goes out, you ride that hot hand because I believe I'm using the gambling reference again. Yeah. You don't leave the table when you're when you're on a heater. But what does that do? That's how you lose your money. But you're the Buccaneers. You're playing with house money because most people didn't expect you to win yeah. against the Saints in week one. So at worst, what, Jameis doesn't play this year? You then start him next year. And I know that people would say, but that would ruin him. He hasn't been doing anything yet, so what is, like, you keep him next year, you let him play, and then you decide what you're going to do with him. I ride the hot hand because I, especially for Dirk Cotter, because you got to realize this. You look at Cotter, this is now his third year with Tampa. 9-7 and seven his first year, 5-11 and 11 last year. If he goes five, six wins again, what's to say, like, if Jameis comes in, Jameis only wins three to four games, and they go like five or six wins. Who's to say Tampa shouldn't fire Dirk Cotter because 
You've been five and six yeah, wins the last two should. years with Jameis Winston, your mm-hmm. franchise quarterback. So if you go yep. two win, two win, three wins with Fitzpatrick, ride the hot hand. What do I, you... I fully expect that maybe the Bears game Fitzpatrick still plays if he did mm-hmm. well. By that, well, I think it's the Falcons. Uh, yeah, the and, Falcons and that's game. after the bye, I believe. After the bye, Jameis Winston's back out there. Jameis Winston has not been a bad quarterback when it comes to stats. He just hasn't been necessarily that amazing quarterback. I mean, the guy will throw for 4,000 mm-hmm. yards no matter what. Uh, you know, But he's not going to be that 30-touchdown type of quarterback. Um, he also has a little bit more interceptions than you'd probably like more often than not. But the big problem for Jameis is just kind of, I don't want to call it the clutch factor because people get mad with the word clutch, but it's that big-time moment. It hasn't been he hasn't been the guy that's gotten it done yet. He's like the guy that doesn't study the entire semester, doesn't study the entire semester, has a D roll into the final, then gets an A on the final to pass the class. Like that, I wouldn't say that because I mean, where it's like stat wise, he's much better than a D. No, but what I'm saying is he's that guy where it's like, oh man, just go go go, and then it's like, oh shoot, I need this clutch play. And then boom, wins the game. And it's like, I, oh, I'm James saying Winston the exact won. opposite of that. I'm saying that Jameis Winston is good, mm-hmm. but in those clutch moments, he's let people down. Because he's a guy, like I said, four thousand yards in a season, mm-hmm. twenty-two to twenty-eight touchdowns uh in the, his two full sixteen game seasons, fifteen or eighteen interceptions, depending on the year. He is around sixty percent overall f- our completion percentage. Mm-hmm. He is a good quarterback stat wise. This team is just not winning games. And that might be a coach thing. That might be a Jameis when it comes down to it. He's just not doing that one last thing that you need kind of thing. Um, You know, it's just kind of a disappointing time for them. I mean, Mm -hmm. you look at some of these games for him, and he's not doing anything too terrible with a few exceptions where, you know, I look back to 2016, a four-interception game against the Cardinals, a three-interception game against the Cowboys. He has those really bad moments, and then he has really awesome moments, too. Not necessarily a Drew Brees kind of awesome moment or an mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers awesome moment, but he does really well. He also does has those poor performances, too. So he hasn't, in my eyes, done enough to warrant the Buccaneers just flat-out saying no unless they're using the off-the-field issues as their excuse, their reason. When it comes to just pure performance, Jameis Winston hasn't done enough to get benched, so I don't think they're going to. He's the number one overall pick. Dirk Cotter might be gone, but Jameis Winston will still be here for the next coach. The last thing I will use is with me, it's all wins and losses. 18 wins for Jameis in three years. Sure. And really he's been the nine of those, so half of them. Yeah, have come in one season. That was Dirk Cotter's first it, year. I get it, but wins and losses is not a quarterback stat. It's a team I, stat. You know what? People say that, but when we talk wins and like yeah. wins and losses, just like pitchers in baseball, quarterbacks are the only position where we talk wins and losses. It, which is completely it's true. The only position that you can put a win or a but loss. But when on. you got a guy who's throwing, like I said, for four thousand yards a season, it's hard to make that argument that he should get benched when you have a coach who's done poorer than the quarterback has. And that's why, like I said, if they go 3-0 and in these next three, then that makes that argument harder because yeah. it's like, hey, this guy's winning. Sure. This guy's winning with this team. Why can't you do it? But this is where you guys come in. 
Let us know what you guys think. What would you do if, let's say, the Bucks go one and two, they go two wins, three wins in the next two games? What would you do? Would you play Ryan Fitzpatrick the rest of this year? Would you put Jameis in? Do you think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to affect Jameis Winston at all? Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. But, Mark, let's close out the podcast doing what we do every single week here during the football season. We make our picks for the upcoming week. Week number one, not the best week for you, Mark. And uh, I say that because I went 10-5-1 in my picks. The Chargers, Saints, Texans, Colts, and Falcons all let me down. Um, where you went 6-9-1. and one. So I've sure. got a... Uh, Four-win cushion on you. Yep. Also, another thing that I forgot to start last week is we're going to do an eliminator kind of a thing. You guys can play along at home by uh, commenting your eliminator pick each week. Um, This one's not going to be that fun because I'm going to spoil it. Mark and I have the same team. Not going to tell you what team, but we have the same team this week. Last week, we I just said we'll both pick the Browns because I don't think we were going to pick the Browns at all this season. I don't season, know. Do unless they play we the Bills? I don't think so. Maybe they do. They do. Then I would have picked the Browns. Um, But basically, Mm -hmm. I picked the Browns because tie, it didn't matter. Um, So the Browns were our eliminator pick last year. Last week. Or last week. And And last year. That's why we lost week one. (laughs) And last year, we lost week one. But starting off the Thursday night game, we've got the Ravens, who played the Bills last week, Bengals, who got a win over the Colts. Baltimore's only a one-point favorite as of Tuesday night as we're recording this podcast. What do you think about for this one, Thursday Night Football, Baltimore-Cincy? You know, this is an interesting one. Uh, The Baltimore Ravens' defense is an impressive defense. Uh, Cincinnati's defense is better than some people want to give credit to. Uh, Really what impressed me the most about Cincinnati shouldn't be that surprising, but it was Joe Mixon. I I thought he would be good, but Mm -hmm. he definitely impressed. Um and, you know, this home game for Cincinnati, I'm actually almost arguing myself against what I currently have <laughs> as my pick right now. Um, I'll go for it. Why not? I'm going to switch. I'm going to switch to the Bengals. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with Are the Bengals. Are you only doing that because most of us, we have most of the same picks? I'm going to be honest. You, It kind of upsets me that you mentioned the record because I sometimes just intentionally pick the opposite team as you. Um <laughs> But now you're down for it. You feel like you got to switch it up. Yeah, now I have to because of the Bengals. <laughs> but no, actually, honestly, Joe Mixon uh, w- was doing such a good job. And I know that Baltimore defense is really good. But the home game, I think, might hopefully negate that a little bit. Uh, Joe Mixon seems like he's the real deal. Andy Dalton and A.J. Green are trying to get back to form. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with the Bengals. And the Bengals, the only team from last week to have our Even helmet though, rule yeah. come into effect. There uh, you go. They had their safety I think it was got ejected. Got ejected from uh, the game. Despite the fact that the Bengals kind of were lucky to beat Andrew Luck a little bit, but whatever. I'm going to be on the other side. The Ravens look good week one. I'm going to play the, was it the Bills or was it the Ravens of why the score was it was, but I am going to go with Baltimore Thursday night. Then the Sunday games, the first one, we'll start with the Panthers. They will play the Atlanta Falcons. Yep. And this is one the Panthers got a... Really good win, good first win over the Cowboys. Falcons didn't look so good against the Eagles, but I'm expecting the Falcons to pick it up week two. They won't throw the ball as much to Julio Jones. Please throw it to Calvin Ridley at least a couple times. I'm going to go with the Falcons to right the ship 
in Hotlanta. What about you? I, I feel it's kind of an easy pick towards the Falcons. I mean, yes, you want to say a good win. I also say that the the Cowboys looked pretty awful. They did out there. They looked like diddly poo to coach um, Morris Senior. And and there was quite a few injury scares for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Cam Newton needs somebody to throw the ball to. Uh, there's too many things that make me nervous about the Panthers. I mm-hmm. gotta go with the Falcons. And then the next one, this one's probably an easy one to pick. So I'm just gonna say it. Chargers are gonna beat the Chargers. Bulls. Chargers, go Chargers, go Chargers. I feel like the Chargers only being a seven and a half point favorite is a slap in the face. I agree to the Chargers over the Bills. Who Nathan Peterman is not a starting quarterback. Hashtag start Allen. I mean, there's no way they're gonna start him again, right? Mm-hmm. Like they can't. I hope they don't. If they, they do, just they're can't. just the worst franchise in if, football. If you put Peterman out there again. That's just essentially the entire organization saying we don't believe in our rookie. No, they're saying we really think unemployment sounds kind of nice right now <laughs> um, because everybody who watched this guy play knows he should not be a starter. It's like you said, we have eyes. Yeah, we've all seen it. We all. You don't have to be a coach or a GM to know that guy is not a starter. Okay. The next game, Vikings at Lambeau. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers questionable Might not for this play. one. Packers are only a one-point mm. favorite. You know me. I usually—I'm not like you. You usually pick the Bears. It's the Bears play I want because pick you're yeah. picking them. I'm a realist. If I think the Vikings are going to lose, I will pick against us. But in this one, what that defense showed in Week One against Jimmy G, the hype machine. No Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Not a chance they get the win. Skull all the way. Vikings win in Lambeau. Jimmy G is to you what Aaron Rodgers is to Collinsworth. Mm-hmm. Um, that's your boy. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I would love uh, Minnesota to walk in there and just beat Green Bay. I would love to see it um, after what just happened to the Bears. Uh, Aaron Rodgers said he's going to play, but I'm pretty sure he was on drugs when he said it. So It was my knee, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got to go with the Vikings on this one, too. And then the next one, we've got Texans and the Titans. Titans coming Another off a loss. Another injured quarterback. Texans coming off of a loss. Um, we'll see if Will Fuller plays. He's on the What's Your Fantasy, the MVP team um, for Brandon and I. So we'll see if he finally plays this week. What are you thinking about Texans and Titans? Uh, I want to know if Mariota's going to play is, is what I'm interested in that. <laughs> well, we know Delaney Walker's now. Yeah, exactly. There's too many injuries for the Titans already. Uh-huh. Um, and I already said it where Deshaun Watson did fine, but he didn't do as well as people expected him to come back for. Understandably, I mean, the guy got hurt. He needs to shake off the rust a little bit. Uh, I expect this is a time where he comes back in. And unfortunately for me, the Tennessee Titans... I, I was thinking they could be a playoff team, and with these injuries now, I think that's just done. Yeah, We've won. That's over already. I'm going with the Texans in this one. The one thing I will say that rubbed me the wrong way from that Titans game week one is it was a red zone opportunity. I don't think it was a like goal line, but it was red zone opportunity. Mike Vrabel trying to roll the dice as a first-year head coach. Yeah. Went for it on for uh, it. fourth down. Didn't get the touchdown. I was like, what are you doing? Take the points, especially in the first or second quarter of that game. I'm going Texans. I That's just one of those things Titan where team. if it worked, people say he's a genius. If it didn't, he's an idiot. But, yo, you take the points that early. I don't care who you are. Then the next game, you've got the Browns, who are 0-0-1. You've got the Saints, who are surprisingly 0-1. Who are extremely um, mad right now. There might be, uh, and that's exactly why I'm yep. picking the Saints in this one, because they are going to get pissed off, and the Browns are just going to get rolled. And I know the Browns are better than last year, but expect to be 0-1-1. and Yeah, it's going to look great. Um I mean, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty much that simple. The the Saints are mad. They want to win a game. They're going to win a game. Then the next one, the Dolphins didn't look that great in their win yeah. against the Titans, but got the win in a over seven-hour game because of delays. 
Sam Darnold, J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 yeah, looked, looked great. And apparently the Jets knew um, exactly what the signals were for Matt Stafford and the Lions. What do you think in Dolphins and the Jets in East Rutherford, New Jersey? Man, that Jets defense made Sam, uh, not Sam Darnold, made uh, Matt Stafford look terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it, four interceptions? Yep. Um, looked awful. Uh, and as a Bears fan, I'm like, hey, we're not the worst team in the NFC North. Go us. Which was great uh, because Austin had him in fantasy and Brandon and I won because of that. Perfect. You know, the Jets, you know, they, I, I think I, I, uh, I picked against the Jets, obviously, and mm-hmm. I'm, I've always been a person who says that their defense is better than people expected, but I don't think I even was expecting that performance out of that defense. Yeah, you had someone on Twitter coming after you a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Jets fans, mad, not <laughs> mad about my comment about defense, apparently mad about my comments about Sam Darnold. Yeah, don't talk um, bad about Darnold after uh, Trash Bisky called yeah. him. I honestly, I and, and I'm not saying this just to say, I honestly mm-hmm. don't know what I said badly about <laughs> Sam Darnold. Um, I said that, I, I think I said that he was going to be a rookie, ups and downs. I think you just, I think it was more so that you thought the Jets weren't going to win many games. Yeah, and, and, and I still don't really think they're going to win that many games, but I will up it after uh, that defensive performance. But I think that a pick six and then bouncing back and doing well is exactly what a rookie season is. Mm-hmm. Ups and downs, uh, but I'm not going to pick Miami. It's not going to happen. Jets win it at home. Yeah, for me, I'm going with the Jets as well. This was one I was – I liked the Dolphins heading into it, and then the Jets played, and I was like, oh, I can't pick against Sam Darnold, and the Jets going with J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets in this one. Then the next one, Steelers 0-0-1. They are going to host the Chiefs who are 1-0. Heinz Field is the site. I'm going to go bold. I'm going with the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes starts out his KC career 2-0, and mm-hmm. and the Steelers winless without I Le'Veon. I don't think that's that bold. Um, Win- but the Steelers winless without Le'Veon. That's the thing. Like, no yeah. one expects them to be winless without Le'Veon after two. I mean, they're playing. I mean, the first game, sure, of course, with the <laughs> Browns, yeah. But the Chiefs, I, I think plenty of people expect them to lose to the Chiefs. Um, hey, Pittsburgh's a five-point favorite right now, so technically Pittsburgh's favored. Yeah, but like I said, plenty of people are expecting them to lose the Chiefs mm-hmm. still. Uh, we talked plenty about my opinions uh, early on in this podcast about how I don't think Le'Veon Bell makes a difference. Connor already proved that. He's going to do fine. Mm-hmm. They need Big Ben to step up, and I think ben, Big Ben will step up. Um Andy Reid's offense is an Andy Reid offense at the moment. No running game, all passing attack. <laughs> and Unless it's, here you go, Reek. Yeah. Take it all the way. Yeah, and, and these uh, shuffle passes, I guess, count as a <laughs> running game. Um, and I do think the Chiefs have a very good chance of winning this game, but I, I expect Big Ben to say, all right, guys, I remember that this Mason Rudolph kid is out there, and uh, hopefully it doesn't get in his head too much. It, it motivates him to perform the way Big Ben's supposed to, and I'll take the Steelers. Question for you. The yeah. over-under is 52.5 points. You're taking the over or the under? I'm going to take the under on that. Really? Yep. I might I might be bold enough to take the over just because of what the cheat. Like, if the Steelers get 35, that would mean, like, if it's a 38-35 game, you're already over. And oh, yeah. I think it could easily be 30s, 30s. I think that the, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Chiefs kind of come back down to earth a little bit mm-hmm. uh, on this one. I mean, that's it's a good defense that the Steelers have. Next one, NFC battle, the Eagles, Super Bowl champs. They are 1-0. Going up against the 1-0 Buccaneers in Raymond James Stadium. 
What are you thinking, Mark? Eagles or Bucks? Uh, well, the Carson Wentz watch needs to happen. I mean, <laughs> when You're is like, he oh, going to be here? We didn't talk about the Eagles. We didn't get our Carson Wentz watch. Right. They were saying that Carson Wentz would maybe be ready for week one. It didn't happen. So if he was going to maybe be ready for week one, I'm hoping he'll be ready for week two. Uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, the Bucks with Fitzpatrick showed that they can Im- get it done. Important tweet from Adam Schefter as we're reporting this. Yeah. Like, as we're making this pick— Vernon Hargraves has a potential season-ending shoulder injury, so he could be out for the year for the Buccaneers. And that's a big deal. Um, I'm going to go with the Eagles, though, with Wentz or uh, Foles. Obviously, I feel a lot better about it if it's Wentz playing out there. Um, I don't expect Fitzmagic to do it again because Mm -hmm. that's not how he plays. He's pretty inconsistent for most of his career. Um, So I'm going to go with that history, and I'm going to go with the Eagles. Mark, I'm going to believe in magic, even if it's Fitz magic. I am going bold. I am going to go Buccaneers 2-0 to start the year. The Eagles did not look that hot against the Falcons. Had a little Super Bowl rust, I'm going to say, without the Philly Philly special or the Philly special, whatever you want to call without a trick play, they lose that game, and they're going to go ahead and lose two. The, or the Buccaneers basically are going to win that game. Mark, I actually, for you, you have to yep. call the next game or list it because my computer died, so i got to pull some stuff up. All right, so the next, <laughs> well, that's all right. The next game we have is a uh, Colts going to Washington to play the Redskins, and this is a very interesting one as I see it because Andrew Luck did very well but just not good enough to squeak by mm-hmm. uh, the Bengals. You know, he didn't look that rusty uh, going out there, and then you got Alex Smith uh who looked pretty good. I was I was pleasantly surprised with Alex Smith out there and pleasantly surprised with the Redskins with him. Uh but with that being said, I really I really want to see that first win for for Andrew Luck. I really want to see him get back out there and say, "Hey, I know there's nobody else on this team but me." But I am back, and I'm ready to win some games. Yeah, for me, I'm on the other side of this one. I was really impressed with what I saw from the Redskins. Alex Smith looks good. Adrian Peterson looked good for yeah, once. I he mean, got to play. He's like Tom- the third running back, but he got to play. Thompson looked good if he could stay healthy. Jordan Reed's going to get a ton of passes if he can stay healthy for this um, Redskin team. I'm going to go with them. The Colts, to me— they probably should have beat the Bengals, but to be honest, because they lost, I'm going to go ahead and I am going to pick the Redskins. Next game, I'll go first. Cardinals at Rams. This one's easy. Rams. Cardinals didn't even look that good going mm-hmm. with the Rams. Like I wanted to get in there simple. before you said it. You're Because uh, that's how easy it was. Mainly because I said that I'm going to go first. Yeah. Is that it? Well, the next one, I'll let you go first. Niners-Lions. Who you got? 49ers. I mean, Matthew Stafford <laughs> just threw four interceptions. And, I got to go with the 49ers. And, and here's the thing I got to say. The thing I got upset mm. with watching first take today yeah. is they showed Stafford, Jimmy G, and um, Derek Carr. And they're like, these guys got paid. They don't have a playoff win. They all lost week one. Why are you overpaying these guys? And I'm like, can we put an asterisk next to Jimmy G? Like, he did go up against arguably the best defense in the NFL. Yeah. Arguably the best defense, and he almost came back and beat us. So yeah. it's like— Because the Vikings—I mean, the Vikings didn't play that well in that game. No. They could have played a It was a, a winnable better. game. I mean, there was that pick six that helped us, too. Yeah. But, like, it wasn't a flawless victory mm-hmm. for the Vikings, and that Niner defense can do some work, and— mm-hmm. 
Matthew Stafford didn't have a week, good week one, so I'm going to go ahead. Yeah, and the I whole am go Lions the team had a bad, really bad one, and I and I know this is an over uh, a week one overreaction, mm-hmm. but I'm sitting there watching the game, watching Matt Patricia, and being like. Remember when everyone was so excited mm-hmm. about Matt Patricia? And now everyone's like, oh, man, those coordinators after they leave the Bill Belichick system are not good head coaches. But that's what I, I – I mean, me and a lot of other people were saying that before he got hired, too, of like – I mean, Josh McDaniels had to deal with Tebow time, so he gets an asterisk. A little bit. Um, a little bit. But, uh, you know, so many people were saying that. Just remember, when people leave Bill Belichick, they don't do well. Mm-hmm. But you can't completely go off of history. I don't blame the Lions for giving it a shot because he could have been the exception. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But I mean, no. he's not Romeo Cornell and didn't go to the Browns. So I guess that's a little bit of a better Well, he thing. went to the other team that <laughs> yeah. went 0-16. The other so. team that went 0-16. How about the Raiders and Broncos? To me, this is an easy one. Uh, John Gruden not going to win many games. The thing about John Gruden that made mm-hmm. me laugh is after the game he said, well, we didn't have a pass rush. Huh. I wonder why, John, Broncos. Right? And he came out as well and said that, uh, yeah, you know, it's obvious that Khalil Mack didn't want to play in Oakland. Surprised he knew his name. And it's just like, to me, he is that spurned ex that any chance he gets mm-hmm. is going to talk trash. Yet he's the one that ended the relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he did all the, uh, you know, we're going to get rid of him, we want to trade him, but he still wants to talk bad about him. And to me, it's a little bit of insecurity about his own team. Mm-hmm. He's not he's not comfortable in what's going on with his team, so he's got to talk trash. And the one thing I will I'm going say— going with the Broncos, obviously. Yeah, I'm picking the Broncos, too. The one thing I will say about the Raiders, though, is um, someone I was listening to today brought up the, yeah, well, John Gruden has been an analyst for um, a couple years, and— yep. He's seen the NFL and like guys like Bill Belichick who have had success with, I'm not going to overpay a player. I'm going to go ahead and get guys that fit the system and have system football, but really overpay for that quarterback and solidify that quarterback. Mm-hmm. We'll see if it ends up being good for him in two, three years. But right now it's not going to be good for the Raiders. They lose to the Broncos in my mind. Then the next game, we've got the Patriots and the Jaguars. I'm going to go against what, what I probably did in our hold us to them predictions. Probably. Patriots looked really good in week one. Jaguars could be without Leonard Fournette going with the Pats. I'm going to do the exact same thing. I picked the Patriots in the hold us to them, but that's why I love that name because <laughs> it doesn't matter. We change them anyways. Well, now week uh, one happened, so exactly. them up, they're out the window. That's the best thing about predictions is you always got new information and they always change. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to actually go with the Jaguars on this one. Uh, got to love that defense. They, hold, they held up very well against the New York Giants. Um, I think they'll hold up pretty well against the Patriots. Uh, you know, I mean, Hogan didn't really do anything, which upset a lot of fantasy owners. Now, to be fair, he didn't do anything week one last year, and then he's suddenly exploded in week two. Mm-hmm. But I think that the Jaguars can hold the Patriots. They did a good job of it uh, last year as well. I think they'll be able to do it now. The one thing I love, I saw a quote from Tom Brady. I don't know if it was a new quote or an old quote, but I just it popped up in the world, and it was something along the lines of talking about Aaron Rodgers and how mm-hmm. if he had our you know scheme offensively and our and this was my favorite part, all of our defensive knowledge of the <laughs> other teams. And I read that and I was like, Spygate. I'm like, where are you getting all this defensive knowledge of these other teams, Tom? Uh, something Hashtag sounds. Hashtag Spygate. I'm like, for a team that has still Spygate. 
hold held over their heads. I don't think you want to talk about all the knowledge you have about other teams. Um, it just doesn't look right. Anyways, I'm gonna t- I Tom Brady go and all that, but the Jaguars are a really great team. Pig in the Jaguars. And then we've got the last two, the primetime games, the Sunday night game, the Giants, the Cowboys yeah. playing an NFC matchup. I don't like what the Cowboys looked like. They look like a yeah. team that's playing that would have been good in like 2007. Um, it's like Brandon and I were talking off the podcast yesterday, and I'm like, oh, yeah, Cole Beasley, their number one receiver. And Brandon goes, no, Alan Hearns is their yep. number one receiver. I was like, oh, really? Because Alan Hearns had three targets, one catch. Cole Beasley had seven catches, eight targets. So, I mean, yeah. who's really the number and, one? And I I'm going up, with the Giants. I picked up Alan Hearns like at the very end of a fantasy mm-hmm. league just because I was like, our fantasy league. Yep. Uh, and I was like, someone's got to catch the ball, right? And it's Cole Beasley. Apparently it's Cole Beasley. So I, uh, uh, if my waiver wire goes through, Alan Hearns will no longer be on my team as of tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to go with the Giants as well. Yeah, I mean, it just it just did not look good for the Cowboys. Um I, I need to see more out of them before I'm going to ever feel comfortable. That uh, I had them, I think, at one point in our original hold us to them. I had them as a playoff team. Mm-hmm. They missed the playoffs in the next one, and I'm fortunate. I'm very glad that I had them miss the playoffs in the second one. And the last one, another primetime game for Dabersh. They yeah. are uh, coming home to play the Seattle Seahawks. I know who you're going to pick, but tell Duh, us why you're Bears. picking the Bears. The Bears better win this damn game <laughs> because— I stayed up until, what was it, 11.30 or something yeah. like that for that first game and uh-huh. that heartbreaking loss, and then I couldn't go to sleep because I was just mad. You were just angry. And I'm just thinking about it, and I'm like, what went wrong in this game? What are all the things? Oh, and I'm thinking of it in my head. Uh, what went wrong? And Everything. If they Now they have another night game, another mm. Monday night game here. Oh, it's Last one was Sunday night. This one's Monday. So I got to stay up late again and have to go to work the next day. <laughs> uh, you know, when you got to... When I, I go to work like two hours earlier than I used to nowadays, and uh, these night games are not fun for that. No. But I'm going to stay, and I'm going to watch my Bears. They better win it. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's a home game. That's going to help. Matt Nagy already figured out, I got a little too cutesy with my play calling. I got to tone it in a little bit and be a little more normal. That's going to help. The other thing, my favorite thing about this, Khalil Mack, you said it earlier in the podcast, mm-hmm. he's mad at the moment. He doesn't like what just happened. Roquan Smith is going to get more playing time yeah. as well. Defensive and player of the year. You know Khalil who's Mack. got a terrible offensive line? Uh, the Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. Russell Wilson going to run for his life. So Khalil Mack uh, already almost destroyed one quarterback. <laughs> uh, and, and I actually don't remember if it was him that made the tackle or not. But uh, And there was like three people involved with it. But. There's a good chance it might happen to another quarterback with Russell Wilson. Uh, This isn't a Saints thing. No Mm -hmm. bounty gate. I'm just saying they can't protect this quarterback. Here's a question for you, Mm -hmm. and this is like a prop question. Sure. Does Brandon Marshall have a big game in his return to Chicago? Probably because the the uh, <laughs> defensive backs aren't that good. I mean, especially if Kyle Fuller's on him, right? Yeah, he'll go right past them. He'll drop an interception too. Yeah, or two. Yeah, or three, he, or he four. Or six of them. We'll drop them all. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. If Russell Wilson can extend plays mm-hmm. and give his guys time, he can beat the defensive backs. But if that pass rush can actually get to him, game over. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bears as well. I'm really not high on the Seahawks in this one. If it was in Seattle, I'm going Seahawks, but it's in Chicago. Bears looked good in that first half. Can they then complete it? And I wonder if it was a Packer thing. Like Aaron Rodgers. 
was well, phenomenal. How later many quarterbacks on. can come out? And, and I hate to say it, but how many quarterbacks can come out injured with the little thing holding their knee mm-hmm. together and put up that many points without being able to put pressure on that knee? The greats. There's about like there's like three of them in yeah, the NFL no, that can exactly. do exactly like, and this is all of sports. Yeah, the only time we have seen stuff like that happens is when it's legend players, like players that are going to go down and like when they retire and then Madden comes out like X amount of years later and they're on the legend team. You know, first ballot Hall of Famers. Exactly. Those type of players are the ones that can go ahead and do that. I'm going to go with the Bears. And then last but not least, we, like I said, didn't start it last week. We're starting it this week. Yeah. This week isn't going to be fun. Who's? I'm just going to let you do it for both. Who's our eliminator picks? We've the, the same team. The Chargers. Are you really just going to pick who plays the Bills until, Probably. You, until you lose? Probably. All right. I mean, eventually I have to pick somebody else because of the divisional games. You Bold know? move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. I, and I might not do it when they play, like, the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Then I might have to go some, in some <laughs> other direction. That game, could, that game could bite you in the rear end. Yeah, so I got to be a little bit smart. But when they're actually good teams playing, and that's the thing, too, with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I have faith in the Chargers, but they're also one of those teams. Same thing with the Ravens, uh, who in a different eliminator thing, I picked them against the Browns. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, against the Bills. Um, those are teams where it's like, yes, I could enjoy picking them later, but they're not that team when everything's tough. And I go, I'll just go with the Patriots mm-hmm. because it's a sure thing. So. Well, this is, where, this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. What are your picks? What games are you excited for for this week? And who's your Eliminator pick for this week? You can join with us each and every week down below in that comment section. little housekeeping here at the end. Make sure to check out patreon.com backslash most available podcast. If you want to help support the channel, $10 tier, you can come on a podcast each and every month. You're at that tier. You can also get yourself a sick MVP t-shirt that link down below in the description and also at mostvaluablepodcast.com where you can catch MVP each and every day. And then last but not least, please make sure to go over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating. Give us a review of why you like listening to the podcast each and every week, even if you're on YouTube. James, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you. Please give us that review on iTunes. For Mark, myself, we're going to have a fun time watching week two. Thank you guys for watching on YouTube. Thank you guys for listening on podcast services around the world. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.